Hey there, guys and ghouls. You should tune in to Broadcast from the Belfry, a dark-humored and pop-culture-filled podcast for the morbidly curious. We cover literally everything from cryptids to ghosties to true crime, false crime, and the medium crime, which we're still trying to find. Folklore. Not the Taylor Swift album, but I have talked about it, and we've got plenty of other tangents and pop culture thrown in in between. What are your top three things we've covered in our first 50 episodes? Uh, I like it when nice gay couples have a chicken coop and nothing bad happens ever in the world that I live in. I like when there's Squonk, because he's me, and I like knowing what happens if I have to go number two on a boat in the ye old times. I put that as mine too, the Kraken, and I have in parentheses poop decks. Nice. Also, uh, mummies. I love talking about mummies. And the Birkenhair Anatomy Murders, also in parentheses, skin books. I know that was not in your top three. That's probably in your bottom three. It definitely is. If you guys want to hear everything we said above, hear me groan when Georgia grosses me out, which happens a lot, and hear some real fun facts. I hope you tune in. In Georgia, what do we say to the potential listeners? Stay spooky. Of Midwest Madness. I'm Emily. I was not sure what was going to come out of your mouth there because you didn't look like you were sure what was going to come out of your I mouth didn't. there. I didn't. I was debating on saying true crime, cryptic, cults, or conspiracies, or my name. Well, so now you've said both. I said both. And I'm Danielle. And today it's my turn to tell the story. It's Danielle's turn. I already know what the topic is. Because I had to call it because I was scared she was going to do it because it's kind of topical. And I I actually did think about doing it. So I'm glad I called it then. Yeah. But I was like, ooh, this is a big one. So I didn't know if I really wanted to tackle it. Yeah. This. Be careful with that water. Yeah, I know. Making me nervous. I know. I'm sorry. It's a lot of expensive equipment. (laughs) Oh, girl. I know. Okay. Let's maybe. I just don't want. I don't want Sirius to get a hold of it as my thing we'll just stick it down here and hope he doesn't touch okay so i told mom and dad the other day that this is my new obsession yeah like i fucking deep dive on this one in my research i've never gone this deep into research before because it was just so it's a crime and it's a conspiracy kind of there's some conspiracy elements to it yay yeah which i know you're pretty excited about yeah um so I'm doing the story of Joden who's Jody who's in Trout. Who's in Trout. Yeah, and I actually spelled it phonetically as to how I, I think everyone says it. I think so. you just need to like really lay on your thick Minnesotan accent. Oh and yes. Jo- Ooh, Jody, Jody who's in Trout. I think that's like the <laughs> that, best way to say that it. That was really creepy because we sounded exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell listeners, we both said that at the exact same time. Um, it was I wonder how many creepy. of our listeners know this story. I feel like it's big in Minnesota and Iowa, Iowa, yeah, because she's from Minnesota, and then she goes missing in Iowa. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so it yeah, it's going back to Iowa for missing people. Yeah, too. yeah, this will be our third missing person in Iowa. Story. So friends in Iowa, please be careful and be aware. Yeah, of your um, surroundings. Yes. So um. In one of the in one of my sources, one of my sources was actually this website slash podcast called findjody.com. Okay. They really deep dive into this. Literally, it's the only case they do. What it's is the, the uh, podcast called? Find Jody. So it's called Find Jody. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's Jody with an I. Yep. Um and they release episodes every other Thursday. How many episodes are there? I think there's like six right now. Okay. So this is like a relatively newer Yeah. Podcast? It's about as old as we are maybe. Okay. A little, maybe a little bit. Interesting. Maybe a little bit newer. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's... So I like... I listen to the whole thing. The questions and answers. The interview with Patty Wetterling. Oh. Yeah, that was a really good one. I was going to ask, is is it kind of similar to the In the Dark podcast? Um, because you know how big of a fan we are of that one. Kind of. But like they say that their their main reason for doing this is because there's so much about this case and there's so much about this case that's wrong. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, so I'm curious to know what like... Because I... I no, I would say a good deal about this ca- about this case. But I I'm, thought I did too. I'm curious to know like if anything I think I know is wrong. Um, 
Yeah, I thought I knew a lot about it too, and I actually didn't find this source until, dude, um, I stopped petting Zeus and he got kind of aggressive about it. Um, he, so I found this source I like almost last actually, because I was like, I don't really know what this is. And I had listened to another podcast via YouTube, which I do source, but, or do cite as a source. And so like, that one was like a two hour long podcast. I'm not going that that deep into it. Okay. Um, this is gonna be a, a bit longer one though. That's fine. Okay. Let's, let's get into it then. Yeah, we should. Okay, so uh Jody was twenty seven years old. Um, when on June twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five, she goes missing in Mason City, Iowa. So our stories kind of take place pretty much in the same yeah. time. Yeah. Right around when you were born. um she'd only lived in mason city for two years at this point um everyone described her as bubbly positive and upbeat where is mason city located within iowa do you know i don't i i feel like it's not far from the border though the minnesota iowa border yeah i think think it's pretty far north i think you're right um i should have looked i didn't because there's a lot other stuff that i was more concerned about i want to say my friend angie's husband's family might live in mason city okay could be wrong it's not a very big town like it's not huge but like she's gonna text me when she hears this and and she's gonna be like no (laughs) (laughs) she'll be like emily you dummy okay so she didn't show up at work as a morning news anchor which was unusual although it was somewhat common for her to be running a little bit late which is understandable because she liked to go out and like hang out with people and she had to be at work at like three o'clock in the morning nope so like the night owl in me is like why even go to bed yeah (laughs) you're still awake at three o'clock sometimes yeah Yeah. so especially if i like get sucked into something no i'm the complete opposite and i'm in bed by like 8 30 yeah but she yeah she liked to go she was kind of like you yeah and so but she would still go to bed and get a few hours of sleep and then you know, sometimes she would wake up a little late. So when her producer Amy called her that morning and woke her up, Jody sounded completely normal. It was nothing out of the usual of like, oh, shoot, what time is it? How much time do I have to get there? You know. So she was late. Her producer called her. She was there. She was at her apartment when okay. her producer called and was like, dude, where are you? Yeah, yeah. So her co-workers call the police after the morning show ends at 7 a.m. to do a welfare check because Jody never showed up for her so, job. So, pause. So, called her. Yep. Answered. She, yep. She's like, I'm coming. Yep. Sorry, I'm, I normally yep. never shows up. Correct. Did they try calling her again? Um, I don't know because it doesn't sound like it's a very big crew that works the morning show in Mason City. Okay. So, Amy had to take over jody's spot in the morning news so she had to anchor the morning news so she couldn't have called during the news because she's putting together the segments and like doing whatever she has to do right so i i don't know if they tried calling her again but they definitely were like this is not normal yeah like um in a lot of the interviews that i saw like 60 minutes and 2020 and whatever they're like um you know, I, I thought that, like, she'd just fallen back asleep or, like, what if she was in the shower and she slipped and hurt herself and is, like, unconscious in her house? Like, you know, they never in a million years thought she was kidnapped. Yeah, they didn't go to the... The worst case scenario. Right. Which I tell my swim team girls, if you're going to be late, you text me because I go to the worst case scenario and I think you've been kidnapped. I do too, most of the time. <laughs> so... Our mom would kill us if she knew that. <laughs> hey, mom, don't don't listen to this one. Actually, no, please do just skip that part. <laughs> I don't think she listens. I told her she has to listen to this one because it's an interesting story. Okay. Um, I know dad listens because he talked to me about one of our previous cases. Did he? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So, hi, dad. Um, so, okay. She didn't show up for her job. Things that were found um, in the parking lot of her apartment building. Was her car there? Were her car, okay. her shoes, hairspray, oh, cool. a blow dryer, what? earrings, and her car key which was bent not like bent in half but like it wasn't straight anymore i have questions about the hair dryer but well so my assumption is that she had taken a quick shower 
she was going to get to the studio. She was going to blow dry her hair while she was working. Okay, I get you. That's my assumption. Okay, that makes more sense now. Um, because, you know, she was running late. So she just like grabbed all her crap and was like, I got to go. Her shoes. That's not yeah. a good thing. I wonder though if she was like one of those people who didn't wear do we know what kind of shoes? Um, they were like red. It, some say like red heels, heels. and some say. So like, I'm wondering. I wonder if she was one of those people who didn't wa- doesn't wear like her heels to work. Well, especially if you're running late, you just want to like get your shit and go. So I'm wondering if like they weren't the shoes that were on her body. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one of the people that runs the Fine Jody group is a former WCCO four oh, reporter. Her name is Caroline Lowe. Oh, yeah, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, and she said that um, one of the things that, as a news reporter, she's had to talk to people about is, like, her makeup, Jody's makeup kit. And Jody's she had, like, this huge tote bag, and she that's had, like, never been found. Oh. So they're like, where's the stuff of Jody's, like, her new phone book? Where's that? Where's her big tote bag? Where's her makeup kit? Like, things that she should have that they can't, they haven't ever found. Okay so this Things is like just, we wouldn't think about but like as a news anchor yeah she probably knew you know and like people said that she always had that jody yeah. always had with her um a palm print was also found on her car and the driver's side mirror was bent in like you do if you're sometimes when you go through like a, uh, yeah, yeah. a car wash you have to like bend your mirrors in yeah so um that's how that just the driver's side mirror was was bent in like that and she drove a red Mazda convertible. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Sitting behind me on the chair now. All right. Um, so, like, not really a practical car for a Midwestern winter. Yeah. But she had just bought it, and it was June. So. True. Yeah. So it was, like, this little sporty car. Um, and then the other weird thing was her toilet seat was found up, like, like a guy would do that is weird but she lived by herself so as a single woman the only time i can think you would have your toilet seat up is a you've been sick or cleaning or b you've cleaned it and now they also do say like we don't know if oh oh oh, oh, oh. serious <laughs> stay i just like bodied him over <laughs> please pause for a brief <laughs> technical difficulties serious interruption <laughs> he's looking at us like fuck you guys yeah he's mad at us sorry dude you you're gonna just cause a ruckus he looks really cute though he is he is really cute okay no you can stay there sorry dude okay Okay. so anyways um so another was she pregnant (laughs) not that i'm aware of i'm just thinking like morning sickness yeah um or she liked to go out so maybe she just wasn't feeling great the next morning like we, we just don't know yeah and um caroline lowe even said oh he's so mad at us you guys he just like left the couch area and went and laid in front of the, the door <laughs> like, like i'm leaving screw you guys i'm going home oh wait <laughs> um okay so caroline lowe also said like um we, we don't know if a cop had used her bathroom or you know like it really could be anything she could have had a guy sleep over that night yeah it could have been it really literally could have been it could have been a lot of things yeah you're right but it is weird it's good to know yeah um police said that the only clue other than her things strewn about was a white ford that was spotted in the parking lot around the time of jody's disappearance by a neighbor so was it, he was just like this white Ford is normally not here. Yeah, it was like it had its like hazard lights on, I think. Oh, okay. And then um, was just kind of like idling in the parking lot. Um, from what I remember, I I don't have it. And this was, do you know at what time approximately this was? Like three thirty in the morning. Weird that their neighbor was awake. Well, if they work an early morning shift like Jody did. True. Um, a scream was also reported being heard, but no one saw anything when the scream was heard and the police were not called. Uh, please, people, if you hear a scream, e- even if you're like, I don't know, call the non-emergency line. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Look out your window. I mean, you know, her, her parking lot was not like a secure parking lot. Yeah. So like especially that early in the morning yeah like, and if you if you look at pictures and stuff of where she lived it's like there's a ton of windows that face the parking lot so it's not like someone 
wouldn't have seen you know it's it you you could have seen something you just hope that like if you're in that situation and you're the one who's screaming someone would call 911 for you that's why you yell fire again not even 911 <laughs> like if you're like i don't know and i don't really want to bother someone to come out here call the non-emergency line and they yeah. can still send someone out there if they need to like yep, exactly just do something and yeah that's why they say to yell fire is because that gets people's attention if you're being attacked but i don't know if that's true or not or you get like one of those rape whistles that i have yeah i have one of those too that thing is a <laughs> loud oh my god okay um let's see uh, they also said that there was nothing in Jody's personal life that would suggest a dark side to to Jody or anything that would put her at risk. Okay. Um, they gave her car back to her family relatively quickly, I think within like a couple of months, which is really weird. And they did not close off the parking lot as a crime scene. The giving back the car, I feel like. That's not, like, as big of a deal to me. Like, I understand it's kind of weird, but there wasn't much evidence on it, they said, right? Not Other than the hand. Yeah, print. not that they could find. And I get, too, like, if they would have held on to it, they probably have, like, technology now that would have been a lot better, but... They can still track Jody's car. Like... Oh, so it, they know who has well, it. Well, yeah, the the findjody.com people, one of the the hosts that does the show, like, literally went and saw the car and like interesting that the family didn't keep it yeah they like sold it to some it's had like three other owners since jody had it wow yeah and it's still like out there running because again in the midwest you can't really use a convertible year round right that's definitely just a summer car yeah so you're driving it for three maybe four months a year that's very interesting um the what was the other one you said that the crime scene was oh not, that one is that one the parking lot was me. not a crime scene yeah did they not just assume it was a crime scene or what is I, the case with that one i don't know that's weird yeah it, i thought that was super weird too um so there are a few obviously a few suspects in her disappearance because if there was only one suspect you would think they would really like put the pressure on so is that all the like evidence they've had they have? yeah yeah literally that yep that makes it so much harder. Yeah, I know. Um, so the first suspect is a man who was friends with Jody. Yep. His name is John Van Sice. Yeah, this is the one they talk about in like everything. Yeah, he was like twenty years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was like fifty and she was like twenty seven. Right. So, um kind of a weird friendship yeah he had much stronger feelings for her than she did for him of course um he approaches the police in the parking lot on the morning of her disappearance and says that he quote was the last person that saw her alive end quote wait so he just assumed that she was dead yes the police have not even assumed this yet they just think she's missing and he says that to them okay Uh not a good look nope not great um a a couple weeks previously he had thrown a surprise birthday party for her and had taken some video that jody he claims jody had been at his house the night before she disappeared to watch now we are not a hundred percent sure when this could have happened because jody was seen at a golf outing thing that a charity thing that she was doing for work the previous day the night before she goes missing and then police have record of her calling a friend at like eight something, um, like eight oh five or something like that, from her apartment. Okay. And then he says that he saw her the night before around eight to watch this video. How far did he live from the apartment? I don't you know? think it. No, I don't know exactly. I don't think it's very far because Mason says he's not very big. Uh, do you know still. how long the phone call was? um it sounded like it was a substantial phone call okay i was gonna say because like let's say yeah she did call somewhere around at 805 and it wasn't that long of a phone call and it's like a five minute walk and i could see him being yeah. like around eight like that's still yeah relatively i, th- I around think eight. they said the phone call conversation was about a trip that she had just taken with him and a couple other friends to go water skiing okay so she had called another friend and ended up talking to that friend's husband instead about this trip and being like oh my god it was such a great trip we had so much fun blah 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 blah. okay so um he also makes a really weird statement to the press um that the investigators and myself think is pretty weird uh she said he said and quote 
She just makes me feel good, so good and so great about things. That's just Jodi. You can't but help but love that woman. You can't help but love Jodi, end quote. Why do you think that's weird? I just think it's kind of like she just makes me feel so good and so great about things. Just is kind of, I don't know, it just rubs me wrong. I don't know. It just is, it seems weird for a 50-year-old man to be saying that about his 27-year-old friend. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I can see where that, like, one statement, the feel so good about that yeah. one is a little weird. Yeah. But the rest of it, it doesn't really. The, that's just Jody. You just can't, can't help, help but love that woman. Yeah. You can't help but help love Jody. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm sure that he just was, like, trying to express his love for his friend. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just, it just, I just think he's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just my personal feeling about him. It's just it's a it's a little weird, but you know what? Maybe he just didn't have a lot of friends. Um. So after the statement, please bring him back in for an interview again. Both statements match up about his timeline, but it just seems to be a little bit off because of the golf tournament and like the phone call. The phone call. They're just yeah, they're just like something here is just a little weird. Well, the freaking statement where it was like. I was the last person to see her alive. Yeah. That would be like, I'm sorry, what? He um seems a little bit obsessed with Jody. He even named his boat after her. I remember hearing that. That yeah. is weird. Which, like, it is not, it's not like a normal boat. It's like a jet ski kind of boat. Yeah. Like a, a water ski boat. Yeah. So technically you don't name those. Right. But, like, even to be like, oh, yeah, I named my boat after her. Is it like the Jody? Like, yeah, like, oh. yeah. That's what he calls it, apparently. See, that is weird. That is weird. Yep. And so um, he's asked to take a polygraph, which he does, and he claims that he passed it, but the police have not confirmed or denied this. Okay, but I feel like if he didn't pass it, like, we probably would have heard about that. I don't know, because they are holding a lot of stuff really close to the vest. The Mason City Police Department seems to be. Most people really... I don't know. I feel like if you fail a polygraph, you're, like, immediately arrested. <laughs> well, but as you know, a polygraph is not admissible in court. So, like, it really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. You, it, It's really just, like, a stress response. And, like, I'm sure I'm sure I would probably fail a polygraph if someone I know went missing. Oh, I would for sure. I would never take a polygraph. Yeah. My first thing would be, like, uh, I want a lawyer. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. That first thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I know I'm innocent, which I would be because I couldn't ever do that to someone. Yeah. But anyways, okay. So uh, Jody had had a conversation not long prior to her disappearance with a coworker saying that she and John had had a conversation about not being anything other than friends. So he wanted more. It seems like it. And she was like, no. Um, overall, he just feels kind of weird to me. Like, at her surprise party, people were saying that he was just watching her really closely. Like, anytime she danced with someone that wasn't him. But, uh-oh. Serious? He's being a little bit of a menace today. Um, but there's no, like, solid evidence again it's time, right? It's Mm-mm. kind of just all, like, weird circum- shit. Yeah, circumstantial. For it's sure. like... You seem a little off, but we don't really have anything to say that yep. you actually did anything wrong. Yeah. Okay. So John doesn't have an alibi for when Jody goes missing, but again, that was like three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. So most people Are don't asleep. have alibis at that time of day. And if he lived alone, like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yep. Um, but he does have an alibi for later in the morning. He goes on the walk with a friend named Ladonna at six a.m. Okay. And she said that when she called him to see if he still wanted to go for the walk, she woke him up. Okay. So, um, I don't know how they found out about Jody's disappearance, but they do, and he makes his way to her apartment building right, right. after he finds out. Yeah. <coughs> so. Excuse you. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I always get really, like, dry throat when it's my turn <laughs> to do <laughs> the talking. Um, okay, so another suspect in the case, so that's all I have on John Van Syce. Okay. Um, is Anthony Jackson okay this one doesn't sound familiar to me okay so 
Anthony Jackson um, was in his early 20s. I don't know exactly how old, like somewhere between 19 and 23. Okay. Um, he lived two blocks from where Jody worked and like a mile-ish from where her house was. Okay. He worked at a Perkins restaurant where Jody often visited with coworkers. Mason said he doesn't have anything better to offer than a Perkins. <laughs> I mean, at the time, maybe. I don't know. No offense to Perkins. Um... So, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony, um, is a convicted serial rapist. Yikes. Mm-hmm. At 19 to 23-ish? <laughs> well, or now? Right now. Okay. So, let's let's get into this. He um, had just broken up with his long-term girlfriend, who looked eerily similar to Jody, Who dodged a bullet. They get back together. Oh, damn it. But then they break up again. Okay, good. Um... And then he has told police and and other reporters, like, he's told Caroline Lowe that he never met Jody, but a friend of his said that they went to Jody's favorite bar, the Southbridge Lounge, and Tony literally said, like, let's go so that, because that's where Jody hangs out and I want to meet Jody. Oh. So the friend says, like, and they don't name the friend, he is just an anonymous source, and he's like, yeah. Like, we literally, he dressed kind of business professional and, like, went up and saw her when he when they got to the bar. And, like, he doesn't know what they talked about, but they chatted for a while because apparently Tony was, like, interested in broadcast journalism. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes, like, hardcore. <laughs> um, he then makes two unscheduled visits to his parole officer. First is the day after Jody goes missing, and the the second is two days later. So, I don't know why he's on parole. Okay, that was my I had a feeling question. you were going to Yeah, I don't know why he's on parole at this point, but it wasn't for rape yet. Okay. And yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, his whereabouts are unknown for 24 hours leading up to Jody's disappearance and after. So, like, there's, like... 11 hours before she goes missing he's at a hospital because he like injured his leg at work which we don't know what happened we don't know how he injured his leg we don't have any witnesses saying oh yeah i was i was there when like he hurt his leg but he leaves the hospital on crutches which like watch me fake a sprained ankle you know not that hard and then the next 24 hours no one knows where he is so that was before uh-huh like literally like 11 hours before jody was missing well do you think he was like trying to be like well i couldn't have done it i was on crutches I don't and know. that was like all part of his plan i don't know it just is weird to me i feel like you can't fake a sprained ankle though watch me watch me go to a hospital and come out with with some sort of crutches for something i i bet you you could do it i don't know especially in the in the mid 90s maybe but i mean i've sprained my ankle from a yeah i know night of drinking and i leaping. broke girl i broke my ankle on a slip and slide and they told me it was a sprain yeah but it's just like so i mean i'm just saying like i feel like you I, at least have to have like if i just walked in right now with a totally completely fine looking ankle you think they'd be like no, well you're i don't fine. i don't know if they said it was a sprained ankle he just came out on crutches okay so he hurt his leg so like i just think that's not i just think it's something you could easily fake Okay, so that would Anyways. be a lot of planning. Anyways, um, he is convicted of raping at least six women from in Yikes. 1997 from February to May. Oh, my God. Wait. He raped four women in 18 days in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area in 1997. Dude, what the Both fuck? blitzing and stalking his victims. So I'm going to talk a little bit about each one. Oh, wait, you know what? I think I might have heard him about him too but okay so in the first attack in february of 1997 he followed a woman from a bar and she came to a stoplight she knew she was being followed came to a stoplight he jumps into her car forces her into the passenger seat and then strangles her until she goes unconscious when she comes to he says oh i thought i'd killed you with a chuckle what yeah so then he brings her to a parking lot where he rapes her and then tells her not to look at him or he'll kill her, leaves her in the car. There is DNA that connects him to this rape. Well, that's fucked. Yeah. 
Um, another one, he stalks the woman for a couple weeks before breaking into her house, watches her husband leave the house, warns the woman to keep quiet or she'll end up like Silver. We don't know who Silver is. Um, she had possibly caught him two to three months before in her apartment when he'd broken into the house when no one was there, possibly showed up at her work giving a face, fake name to her coworkers, like Looking trying to set her? up with a meeting with her. Yeah. So, yeah, that one's, so that one kind of shows possible stalking. They're like 99, police are 99% sure that it was him in her apartment and it was him at the, at the work. Scary. This guy Um, sounds like a nightmare. In another attack, he knocked on the door pretending that he was having car trouble when a woman let him in to the, to use the phone. He raped her. Nope. This was in May 1997. I will never allow someone into my home, (laughs) even if. They have car trouble. Yeah. Um, In this attack, he used handcuffs and a gun. He tells her if anyone comes back to the home while he's there, he'll kill them. Great. Another one is a woman that he worked with. He was her manager at the restaurant they were working at. He followed her home from a night out with other coworkers. He knew her husband wouldn't be home. This was at 1.30 in the morning. She hears a suspicious noise, tries to call for help, but he had taken the phone off of the hook in another room. Yikes. And then he, after he rapes her, he rummages through her things, leaving fingerprints in her bedroom. What an, like, this guy is is stupid. Mm -hmm. This makes me think he's not bright enough to pull off something like Jody's disappearance and not get caught. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, he um, would, like, clean them up after he was done. But then he wouldn't take the towel with the evidence about him on on it with him. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so like he just it it seems like he just doesn't really understand DNA. Like it just seemed like he didn't really get that. Okay, I'm taking it off of her, but I also need to take this towel with me because now it's on this towel. Okay. Well, I have thoughts, but I'm gonna let you keep going, and <laughs> I will say them at the end. Okay. Um, and the last one. This one really freaking freaks me out. Actually, this is not the. Oh yeah, this is the last one. I think. That I have notes about. Um, it says he knew the victim and she lived with a woman that he knew. The So the victim thinks that she sees like someone standing in her doorway at night. Mm-hmm. But she just assumes it's like her roommate just like seeing if she's home. And then um, Tony falls asleep on her couch that night. And then she gets up in the morning, takes a shower, and then when she comes out of the bathroom, he's standing there with a gun, and that's when he attacks her. He, like, just slept in the house the whole night? Yeah. On her couch. That's weird. I know. It's super creepy. I hate it. So two days later, again at 3.30 in the morning, which is right around the time Jody was kidnapped, mm-hmm. um, St. Paul police pull him over. He was driving around with his lights off really slowly. And they find a rape kit in his car, which has a gun, handcuffs, pre-cut rope, and a mask. Ugh. It's like Ted Bundy. Yeah. So he does end up getting arrested for um, an unlawful handgun because he's a convicted criminal. Right. Um, he So again, he did leave DNA at several scenes. He was convicted and is spending life in prison. Oh, thank God. Here in Minnesota. That's fine. So like down in the cities. He's probably in Stillwater. <coughs> I think so. Um... Okay, so that was all after Jody disappeared, correct? Yes, yeah. How Be- long after? Um, She goes missing in... 95. 95. This was in 97, so two so years later. So pretty soon after. Yeah. Um, And then, so after he's arrested for the final rape, because the final rape was the one of the woman that he worked with. Okay. And she was like, I'm pretty sure it was my boss, Tony. Like, I know, I knew the voice, I knew the body type, like, I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Was he wearing, like, a mask? Yeah, and he would also just, like, even if he wasn't, he'd be like, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. Or, you know, like, don't look at me or I'll kill you. Yeah, I wouldn't look. Yeah, me either. <sighs> Yikes. Um. So, let's see. Uh, so, he's After he's prison. arrested, he, and they have, on the Fine Jody podcast, they have some of the audio of this conversation with police mm-hmm. and he says you say i raped someone why somebody still living so like if he's saying like if i raped someone who knows me 
why would I leave them alive to identify that? The, well, me to the police. I don't know, Tony. You tell me. So that's his defense, which is like really fucked up. Because he's like, she's still alive, so clearly it wasn't me because I would have killed her. That's stupid as hell. Tony sucks. Yeah, he's the worst. Um, He also during his trial says that he's not a monster he's like you're y'all trying to make me sound like a monster i'm not a monster clearly you're a fucking monster like clearly yeah um good thing he was convicted though yeah i know um and then the other there are two other weird well okay there's one other weird thing about it um about this whole situation is that um the day before jody goes missing in mason city he had bought a new car and he was forced to return the car three weeks later because the check that he used to pay for it bounces. Uh-huh. When the um, dealership gets the car back, there's like 500 some miles on that he's put on this car in like three weeks. And in a town like Mason City, that's not, that's really weird. Could have been driving to Minneapolis, St. Paul and back. Well, he does. So there's a jailhouse confession from a guy that he was in the cell with after this guy gets out of prison he tells wcco that he played tony because like he wanted to like see if he was involved in the jody disappearance at all yeah and so he plays off that he's like this badass and like he doesn't believe that tony is worth his his time and like that he's just like a piece of shit and that tony had come up to him and started doing this rap he'd written about of course you know she's stiffen and tiffin and silo oh and like, yes i remember this yeah and so tiffin is a town that's like two hours away from mason city yeah and there are some farms out there and so the wcco for news team actually got some cadaver dogs and like went out with police to see if they could find a body by any of the silos out there there's one that they were really focused on i don't know why for sure i think it was like abandoned during the time that jody had gone missing okay and so um two of the three cadaver dogs did hit on something but police say there's nothing there that it was like animal bones but the cadaver dog people are like they don't hit on animals they only hit on human remains yeah that'd be weird for the police to like lie about yeah yeah so but again it literally could be like it's a farm like you could cut yourself and get blood on the ground and the dog could hit on that yeah you know like could be a million different things yeah so it really i i want i don't want to say that they're not doing their job but like i yeah i just dogs are they're impartial they're gonna do what they're trained to do is there is there anything else on Tony like any again specific evidence other than the fact that he met her twice and then he became a rapist? Um, no, and the Mason City Police have ruled him out, but they don't say why. Okay. So they're saying no, he's not actually a suspect. But even the Fine Jody team is like, why? And the Fine to- Jody team has a former police officer from Minnesota on it too, and he's like, I just I wish that they would just give us more of of why he's not a suspect yeah okay so that's tony yep who's next anyone else yeah so the the third one that i this is not from the fine jody team i just want to be very clear about that okay this came from a different source so take that with a grain of salt just because i feel like the fine jody team is really the the main source that you should be listening to I just found this really interesting. Um, the third suspect is a conspiracy that the uh, disappearance of Jody is a police cover-up. Oh, Jesus Christ. So a former Mason City police officer is now claiming that Jody had been looking into the mysterious death of a friend of hers, Billy Purin, who died three months before her disappearance. It was originally ruled a suicide, but the crime scene didn't fit with that. The scene was a disaster. He just bought a new tractor. Um, his front door was wide open and the, a bent key in the lock. Find Jody. Huh? Po- what? Bent keys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Find Jody podcast talked to a crime scene investigator who walks through the scene and explains how it was an accident. So it, they don't think. So they talk about this, yes. but they're like yep. not a. Not a viable okay. thing. Um, and it doesn't. They said that it didn't really seem like Jody had looked much into it, like, after 
the the whole crime scene was looked at by another person and they like, say how he died um it was a gunshot wound okay and it so i don't want to i i was gonna try and like explain how the crime scene investigator ruled this as an accident but it's a lot and it's kind of confusing so if you're interested in this at all listen go, to the yeah, podcast find the find jody podcast and i think the episode is literally called billy purin p-u-r-i-n i'm gonna have to listen to this on my walk it's after this it's podcast. so good it's so good um so if um yeah so if you want more details just go listen to that that episode and actually just listen to the whole thing because it's such a good podcast um and then if you know billy's daughters uh leave them alone if you don't know them leave them alone they've been harassed by people who have been looking into jody's disappearance and they would like to be left alone which is totally fair i don't why would people be because they think that there's a connection between jody and their dad it's not billy's fault and well they they think that maybe i drugs was mentioned no. in one of them and people like, are just assholes yeah and someone was someone um in one of my sources mentioned that like some some of her co-workers thought jody was on drugs but that's literally the only person i saw anything say anything about that her co-workers thought that they said that her mood was very up and down and they thought that maybe she was on some sort of drug sometimes and like she was a party girl but that's literally the only place I saw it so I I don't think that's true and I think it's pretty disgusting to say about her if it's not true at all which the fine Jody podcast does not say anything like that and like I said they are deep dive very professional into this so I just I take zero stock in any of it but in order for this conspiracy to be a thing I kind of had to mention Billy yeah because they say that she was looking into his murder slash suicide slash accident which it's been ruled an accident at this point okay um so if if you know of Billy's daughters or find anything about them leave them alone like, that's just what I'm saying to our listeners. Just leave them alone. I would hope that our listeners would are have classy. Their respect. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the officer, the former officer, her name is Maria Ohl. And she was looking into Jody's disappearance when she brought up that she found, or some of the tips that she had were ignored. Who had? Maria Ohl, this former police officer. Um, so, she says that, Maria says that she received a, t- a tip from an informant with credible information implicating former Lieutenant Frank Cerns, uh, Lieutenant Ron Van Weerd, W-E-E-R-D, and Bill Blazer of the Division of Criminal Investigation, of the Iowa Division of of, uh, Criminal Investigation. That's a mouthful. I know. Um, Stearns um, and Van Weerd, so uh, Stearns and, sorry, Stearns and Blazer, are both no longer working in law enforcement they both retired wait so the tip was that they did it it's it implicates the two the three of them that they're involved in jody's disappearance somehow okay um as of 2008 stearns was the lead detective on jody's case but is now retired in 2018 one of the fine jody billboards that um the fine jody team put up they did three of them in in the Mason City area, was vandalized, and the vandals wrote Frank Stern's machine shed on one of them. Ooh. Now, they don't know why they picked this officer's name. Um, They don't know if it was someone just had some beef with this guy. Or they They were like, look in Frank Stern's machine shed. Yeah, so they don't know. Police said that they think it's just a prank. Well, yeah so the yeah i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> um and then allegedly a man named gerard gerald best told a reverend at a local church that the police were involved in jody's disappearance he ends up a few years de- up dead a few days later what another man calls that reverend from minnesota a few years later telling him that the police were involved in jody's disappearance but he was too afraid to call them 
The oh. Reverend then calls his sister-in-law, Maria Ohl, the former police officer from Mason City. She tells him to call the police. He does, and as luck would have it, the person taking the call was Frank Stearns. When nothing Uh-oh. happens, the Reverend calls back. The police say his source is incredible, and there are no records of either phone call. Ooh. Again, I just want to be super, 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 super clear. None of this has come from findjody.com. This came from a completely different source, so it could be 100% bullshit. This is my favorite one, though. I know. It makes the most sense so far. It's very, it's very, like, twisted and, like, oh, my God. It's convincing. I don't think um, Brian's death, that's his name, right? Brian? uh, I just want to double check. Billy. Billy. Sorry. I don't think Billy's death had anything to do with it, but I could see... There being a cover-up of some sort? Some sort. I so, just... It's crazy to me that, like... I am really curious to see if Fine Jody will cover this. If their podcast will cover this at all. Um, they haven't as yet. of record date. Right, right, right. So, record date uh, is April 11th, 2021. So... Oh, t- our, record our record date. date yeah. yeah. So, I just want... I want to be clear. They haven't covered anything about this yet. I don't know if they ever will. Yeah. But... We'll see, I guess. So the final suspect is a possible stalker slash fan of Jody's. So um, one of the things that Caroline Lowe really emphasizes is that a good anchor connects with their audience. Mm-hmm. And like we've seen that in our own house. Like our parents are very loyal to Care 11. They watch Care 11 a lot because they like the anchors. They feel like they would be fun people to hang out with. Yeah. So... By doing your job well as an anchor, you connect with your fan base, your audience. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, so Jody had reported a black or possibly white truck. One report, one police report has said black, one has said white, one has said black again. So that's that's another thing where like the Find Jody podcast is really like we want to get things straight. So I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That they said it was a white truck on the Fight Joey podcast. I didn't change my notes, unfortunately. White would make sense, remember? Because yep. there was a white... A white Ford scene in the parking lot. Did they say it was a car or a truck? I think it was a big... Tell? I think it was like a van. Okay. But I don't I don't remember. But um, it was white, so we got that going Yeah. <laughs> so they, they have it following her on a jog not long before she goes missing. But when police look into it, they couldn't find the truck. But it did spook Jody enough where she started talking about taking a self-defense class, which she ended up doing. Oh, that makes me so sad that it didn't help her. She reports seeing the black truck following her. Or white. Or white truck. <laughs> following her um, into work, which was, again, around like 3 or 4 a.m. Don't like that. Several beer cans were found on the edge of the parking lot, lined up neatly. The location is one where someone could sit and watch Jody's apartment. Yikes. Jody's address and phone number were in the phone book, and she was a well-known public figure in Mason City. I hate that. Which had only 28,000 people at the time. So, not a big community. And she, I mean, if you've watched her old newscasts, which I've seen in some of my stuff, um, she definitely is, like... A warm person, right? Like, someone you feel like you could connect with really easy. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that golf outing she was at the night before, um, she told people that she'd been receiving some nasty phone calls and was planning on changing her number. No. Um, police say that they didn't see any signs of a stalker in her life, like no phone calls, gifts, or, you know, like anything like that, but her statement kind of makes me think that's not true. Yeah. Um... So police feel like it was an extremely risky place to take Jody. It would have taken about 12 seconds to grab her. and Not at 3 in the morning, though. But it's in the middle of a parking lot so. by a busier road. Like, But again, it's 3 in the morning. You're going to assume most people are sleeping and not many people are going to be out. Yeah, they, they just said that they felt it was kind of a risky place to grab her. Um, I'm just, I for me, I think like, we have to think it's either there or her work where we know people are going to be at and and awake and 
around at that time in the morning yeah so if you had to choose between the two i would think you would say well and depending on who you think is guilty if you think that it's her friend john van syce like it would be that that toilet seat would be kind of like he was in her place he takes her from there dumps her shit outside you know like that was one of the things that the somebody screen? had i'm could that be unintentional could that be something someone thought they heard i straight up thought we i had a dream the other night that i i thought was real and was not real so <laughs> i literally had to ask the friend i was like did this happen because <laughs> i don't know if it was a dream or real so and like memory is again a weird thing you know you you remember things differently every time you remember them. I mean, it's not that hard to remember or scream, but... So, I'm just a little bit of a devil's advocate, Yeah, you're I playing guess. devil's advocate, I know. So, um, Jody was declared legally dead in May of 2001. Her case is still active 25 years later. Okay. So, update. Yeah, now we're going to get to the good stuff. Well, I mean... The whole thing's been good rude. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't even know if it's... So, um, on March 11th, 2021, human remains were found by a citizen on the banks of the Winnebago River in Mason City. The Winnebago River ran directly behind Jody's apartment complex, and this is further south of her building. So... Was it skeletal? Yes. Okay. Yep, they're skeletal remains. Um, police collected more evidence on April 1st, 2021 from the area. They are waiting to find out the, the remains are Jody or another woman named Jane Schreuer, um, a.k.a. Jane Mickelson, who went missing in 2019. Neither police nor findjody.com are speculating about if it's Jody or not, and we should have answers within the next couple of weeks. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine if it is? Oh, I think it would be a relief for her poor sister. Mm. unfortunately her dad died before this even happened when jody was really young he had cancer and he died um i think she was like 11 or 12 and then her mom died a couple of years ago so it's just assuming this river was searched you would think but i mean who knows it was on the bank Mm -hmm. but this river is known for flooding in the in the spring okay this year it has not flooded which which is really a good thing because the remains that have been found were in a a flood risk area it was it in like a not very well trafficked area i don't that's all i have i don't have much more about it they just said that that it was found um by a couple of people um well, I'd be very curious. Either so, way, someone's going to get some answers, which is good. Yeah. Who do you think... Who's who's your your most likely suspect? Is that your whole... That's the whole thing. Okay. Um, I don't think it's Tony. I don't think Tony's smart enough. Okay. I just don't. Okay. I think he thinks he's smart. Do you think... But he, I think he's an f- idiot. But and there's I, a difference between smart and lucky. No, I just don't. I don't think... No. Okay. This story is too big, too huge... Okay. For him to have gotten away with it. Okay. Too too much. And I think the with the jailhouse person, I think that Tony was a either just trying to like look like tough guy yeah. and just like trying to impress him, or B it ha- doesn't have anything to do with Jody and has something to do with something else. Okay. Um, and C, I think if he actually did. Tony just seems like a guy who would not, like, I feel like if he did it, he would have just straight up been like, yeah, I did it. Like, Well, especially because he's in prison, prison for, for life. life. Yeah. yeah. So he has nothing to, like, lose, lose at, at this, at this point. point. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think it's Tony. Okay. That's just me. Um, what about John? John? John is definitely up there. Um, is he still alive? Yeah, he literally, like, left because of all the speculation about him. And left he, Mason City? Yeah, he lives in Arizona now, I think. Okay. He's in his 70s. He, uh, I mean, the last person to see her alive thing, that's weird as hell. Yeah. Like, Like, that's the first up. thing. That's the a, first thing he says to police is, To like, me, that's a huge slip up. Yeah. Um, 
but it's hard again because there's like no evidence and you have the person who said that they woke him up at 6 a.m to go for a walk and even if she didn't wake him up like between that would have only given him about two and a half hours to kidnap her either stash her away or kill her or get rid of the body like that's it's a pretty short time frame yeah um and then i know we're we're kind of debating about the scream but if it was someone she knew i feel like she went to screamed um I mean, I don't unless know. it was like a, a reflex because they came up behind scared her. her. I could yeah. see that, but because like I don't know about you, if I, I'm pretty easily startled. So. But then, and, but then I'm also like he could have easily like there could have been so many better ways for him to do that. And that's the thing that that really bugs me about him. Then too. like is like just he, snatching her in the like he had so many he had other so prime much, opportunities. Yes, exactly. That, so much easy access to yes, her. Yes, that that this just doesn't make doesn't sense. Doesn't make sense. Yep. Yeah. That's where I'm at with this one too. The stalker theory I'm kind of interested in because that that would make sense. Yes. Um especially if she was getting like just the day before she's talking about receiving phone calls and yeah. being followed and then she goes missing literally around the same time. That Yeah. D- that's like and almost the beer too- cans all lined up in like a little area where yeah. you can see her room and That's like- just almost like too much of a coincidence not to be related or linked yeah to me yeah so and then the police theory i like it, it makes sense there's some definitely some weird shit going on yes i, would I think say. so too. i think they've been really close-lipped about a little too much about this case do i think that they had anything to do with the disappearance no maybe they fucked something up yeah and it got worse or she wasn't found because of it or something yeah because of something they did that would make more sense to me um but i'm i think i'm going with the stalker the stalker fan theory yeah um which is really sad because that could literally be anybody anybody in town and they don't have like any leads or anything yeah at least that we know of yeah so so that's what i'm going with okay um yeah as i was doing the research i was like freaking tony it's tony like i i'm so suspicious of him but you know like like you said he's just not he's not that smart he's he's not and i just i don't i just don't see him he literally compares himself to oj simpson yeah he's like oh yeah i'm successful and i'm good looking and like but you're like, uh, you're I wouldn't, in jail, you know, I wouldn't do any of this and like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shut up, dude. You're so dumb. Yeah. I just think <laughs> like with him leaving DNA so many different places. And plus it doesn't really fit his, his MO. Like, but it does though. Cause he, he's not snatching, he's snatching women, he, but he's, he's blitz attacking people but he's not and he's stalking them. them. Maybe it was a mistake. He did strangle that one woman and was like, ha I thought you were dead. That's <laughs> true. That's true. But so he, I just. Did he think she was dead because she was unconscious or did she think he thinks she was dead because he's done it before? That's a good point. I just, I feel like he would, he doesn't seem like someone who wouldn't brag about it at some point. Yeah. And me. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe that jailhouse informant is right. But he wrote a rap about something. He, yeah. I mean. He didn't really like, he didn't come out and say like, yeah, I did it. Well, no, he did say like he did it. And then he was like, yeah, Stiffen and Tim. And then, like, he did the little rap thing. He was like, yeah, I killed a news anchor. Oh. So, and, like, one of the things that they say about people is, like, a lot of times if you do kill somebody, you you can't say their name. You have a hard time saying their name. Mm, I and don't know. so he didn't say that he killed Jody. Who's isn't true. He said he killed a news anchor. I still, I just don't know. I'm not convinced on Tony. Uh, see, I he, to me, feels way more likely than John. I would agree. The only thing with John is the the alive statement. Yes, yeah, that was weird. That's very weird. Yeah. Um. But like you said, he he had so many better opportunities to to do something to her than snatching her. In, we're in, in in a public place. Where even he if been seen. Even if it is six in the morning or yeah, you know, not six in the, in the morning, morning, three in the morning, three thirty, whatever. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make sense. No. To me. No, it doesn't. So. But I, I think you're right. I, I really lean towards the fan stalker. I think so, too. Um, 
So maybe Tony is the fan stalker. I don't know. I mean, he, de- he definitely could be. And he does lie straight to Caroline Lowe's face about meeting Jody. If his friend is to be believed, which I'm sorry, I'm going to probably believe that guy over some guy who says he didn't rape anybody. Yeah. So, and oh, he's not a monster. Yeah. He is. He's a piece of trash. So. That was good, though. I'll be curious to hear what other people think. Oh, my God. Me, too. I Please, please tell us what you think. Because, like, it there there was a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, this was definitely a long one. So. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for uh, sticking it out. Yeah. But I think it was things. needed. and. So, really quick, I'm going to do my sources. Um. So the main one was the Find Jody podcast, um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, episode one with Robert Stacks, and episode three twelve, uh, with Dennis Farna, Mercury News, Trace Evidence podcast, which is the only place that they mentioned the drug thing. So okay. take that one with a grain of salt. Okay. Um. IowaColdCases.com, The Courier, and then 2020 Season 3, Episode 16, and uh, Care11.com. Cool. All right. Um, do you want to do our socials real Facebook quick? group, Midwest Madness Podcast. Yep. Group, not page. Not page. I think I made the page unviewable. Okay. Um, and then our Instagram is MWMadnessPod. Podcast. podcast um and then our gmail is the same with just at gmail.com yep so if you want to talk about this case which we hope you do please do um that'd be great and we would love if you share with a friend uh give us a review that'd yep. be cool and yeah anything else uh have a great week okay guys thank you bye, bye.